so because my dad was a pharmacist so we had still had a pharmacy and like my uncle used to manage it and like it was a successful business that like you know we lived off that business for like 30 years 30 something years and then like one day just like one bomb just burned it to burn it to the to the ground wow. and like we were like so that basically my uncle called us and he was like all right so you guys don't have a business anymore and we don't have any money anymore that's effectively make me ha- like basically it's like oh you have to drop out of school because we can't afford a private university it's it's really expensive mm. so i was like all right so <laughs> Hello, welcome everybody. You're tuned in to The Eclectic on CKXU 88.3 FM, Lethbridge's true alternative. And oh, let me tell you, I'm pretty excited for today's episode of The Eclectic. If you haven't tuned into The Eclectic ever before, welcome. What is this show about? It's such a random name, Eclectic. What does that even mean? It means we're deriving different styles and tastes and, and genres of music, etc. from a multitude of different sources. We're just meshing things together. And the source today, who will be learning from, who will be learning about what it is like to be this person uh, is a really interesting guest, and I'm glad he's on the show. He'll, my next guest, his name, you might have heard him. He's our uh, local celebrity here in Lethbridge. Yeah, that's right, local celebrity. We have a celebrity on the show today, guys. Uh, his video went viral on Facebook and other platforms. And uh, why? What video? Well, you'll hear about that in just a moment. Um, it, the video itself highlights his journey from Syria to the U of L. Uh, he's since doing his new media degree here at the U of L and working as a communication assistant with University Advancement. Um, And he was brought here through the WISC program, which is the World University Service of Canada. His contributions to the community exceed many, starting with a catering company that he started with his two friends called Jiran 55, which we'll hit up uh, as a conversation topic. Through that company, through that catering business, he's employed other Syrian refugees to deliver authentic Middle Eastern Syrian cuisine to the Southern Alberta community. How amazing is that? Um, honestly, I'm so glad to have him on the show, apart from the recognition that he's just gotten. He's just a stand-up guy, man. Just really warm, kind, pleasant, friendly. So without any further ado, Abed Abdullah Musli. Hello, Abed. How are you doing today, my friend? Oh, not bad. Not bad. Thanks not for having bad. me. <laughs> not bad. What did you think of that introduction? Tell me about yourself in relation to any of those things that, that we just hit up. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a, a, a local celebrity. I think it's just like on campus and among uh, university staff because they like to tell a good story. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my name is Abid Musali. Um, I'm a Syrian refugee. Uh, I moved here a little bit over three years ago. And um, yeah, I'm doing my combined degree in new media and marketing. And uh, I work at the university. Uh, yeah, it's just... <laughs> beautiful it's just me guys like this yeah, is all that i do no big, <laughs> big deal at all i like it very modest um uh tell me about your i guess earlier life growing up and then um things happen really quick i this is just me from what i know of uh, uh seeing the video uh on facebook um and how you explained uh the sudden drastic change uh with 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 the climate in syria a couple years back um how did things drastically change and what was it like for you in the sense before of you know the day in the life of abed before the war yeah 
it was yeah it was really like ordinary like I, w- I was really quite i was a geek i was like not in like sense of like video games or like i was more like into physics and math like <laughs> and languages like i spent i wasn't sporty at all like i was just like i spent my summers going to math and physics school that was my fun summer wow and yeah it was mainly like we were just like driven towards like my family was driven towards education i'm the youngest i have like Maybe I should just give like some sort of like background. Like I'm the youngest. Where I have six, we're six kids, we're five boys, one girl. I'm the youngest. Uh, yeah, it was like we had sort of like a busy life to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I, I was. What kind of standard were you were you held to, uh, being the youngest? I think every child yeah. has a, a different kind of standard to work on, depending <laughs> on the order yeah. of which they were born and and everything. So tell me about you. Yeah, I, I think I think I was like held to like sort of like a high standard, because mm-hmm. they, like, I like I think one of like I learned from my siblings. Like like my oldest sibling is older than me, like thirteen years. So we have like big chain. Right. So when I was like in middle school or like I was in primary school, he was in university. So I, I watched him making all the mistakes. So when I came to university, I was like, eh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was like, I think in my family kind of like, yeah, they had like high standards for sort of like all of my siblings. but Especially if your older siblings are high achievers, then <laughs> that's the thing. Like you're like, yeah, you, you got to like, you got to keep up. So and right. it was it was fun. Like my siblings, because like my dad passed away when I was really young. So like, mm-hmm. I don't really remember him. So my siblings played to like, especially my older two siblings, they played to a certain extent, sort of like a, like a dad figure. Mm-hmm. So I, they had to like mature and they had to act like adults since they were like 18, 19, because there was, a kid who is nine years old watching them because mm. if they make mistakes basically that was my mom's strategy to set them straight because they were like if you make a mistake your brother will learn from you then like you'll fuck up the whole family right so they were like ah so like my brothers they had to be like really mature really like <laughs> stand-up guys now because they wanted to because they had to yeah so like i you know like this is one of the things that i like kind of like hold dearly for them because mm. like i only like when i was a kid i was like oh this is how people who they are now who like who are 19 or 20 act then when i became nine, i was like what? like these guys were acting like they were 40 years old these are so, just like, kids <laughs> these are just kids taking care of a smaller kid what <laughs> exactly. the heck? Yeah, yeah exactly yeah but like yeah so so that was like my family. Like we have like weird family dyna- dynamics in that sense, but mm-hmm. it was fun. Mm-hmm. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then since you were the youngest, and um, it was you said it was around grade eleven. Uh, this is again going off the video that I saw, uh, which was very well done, by the way. Uh, whoever did it was please don't promote it. Don't promote it. Just stop talking about it. Are you embarrassed when people <laughs> like mention it? Like a little bit. Like a everyone, little bit embarrassed. Everyone, because you know, like. It's a beautiful video and I really appreciate what the university did. And I like I think it's promoting a good cause. Like lots of people don't know about the struggle. Because like I mean, you live in Lethbridge, Southern Alberta. Like Syria is like it's like thousands of miles away. Like, why would you care? Right. But you can. Like it's one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen in my life. Like literally students doing little things while they are studying. Like this is how I came here. Mm-hmm. There were two students and a professor. Both of them, they were full-time students with five classes. Grace Wurzba and Elise Pandek. One in, uh, like, they are both my, like, one of my dearest friends. 
when now is in France doing her last least now is in France doing her last semester like as an exchange she's in museum studies and Grace she graduated last year uh, from uh, fine arts like uh, studio studies and like they are busy individuals like they didn't have so much time so much free time because they were like okay there is a need and we can do something so they went and they hit up their professor and diamond which is one of the best people I've ever met and they literally whenever they had free time they literally did bake sales they hit up the president's office they talked to scotia bank they talked to the international center and they were like we need to raise money to sponsor a student i was during that time i was in jordan have no idea what's going on i i had never heard of lethbridge alberta i had never heard of alberta to be completely mm-hmm. honest i was like oh canada toronto vancouver that's it mm-hmm. Like that was Canada. Right. To me. How did you find that particular application? I was looking like so. Uh, a little backstory. So I like, like what was what were all the decisions that had to have been made on your end this. that led to this amazing coincidence? I just you being here in this booth right now. It, First there, birth. There had, Thank you, mom, for the birth. <laughs> and then <laughs> there had to be a war. <laughs> right. I guess. Yeah. That so had to happen too. I had to move to Jordan. I had to study architecture for two years. I had to drop out, get completely depressed, go back to college, study for two years, feel that my dreams and my ambitions are not fulfilled, start applying for scholarships for straight up two years, get refused by every possible university ever, apply for WESC 2015, get make it to the t- interviews level, then mess up the interview, <laughs> get refused, apply again in 2016, nail the interview, and I nailed two other scholarships at the same time, so I got three offers. <laughs> like, you know, it's like when you just get like, like refused multiple times that like when you get like one offer you just like three others come and be like ah, i have too many choices now wow and <clears throat> yeah so i was like i just basically what happened is like i graduated high school the war had already started like for a year there's a lot to uh, deep unpack there. <laughs> it's just... that's the thing so i'll just try to like sum it up so like i don't <laughs> take like six hours time. yeah could we take six hours we'll just cover six <laughs> episodes right here We're it good. would definitely take like more than that if i so basically yeah the war started like i graduated high school it was one of the most horrendous years of my life high school year because like i had to study high school by myself because I couldn't go to school for the second semester at all. Mm-hmm. Like, Or else you'd fear kind of getting recruited uh, unintentionally to join it's, either parties. In, in that sense, like I got detained while I was in high school, mm. like from school. I got detained twice. One time I got detained for 48 hours, literally for doing nothing just because like the military most of high school students they had too much energy so they were like they were they were like the move for like protesting every single night against the government they would literally finish school and just like go protest in the streets Mm. so the military they just wanted to intimidate people so they just went to the high school in my area and they just basically like detained random students they detained around like 17 students i think and (laughs) and yeah, they just, I was one of them. I was one of the unlucky ones. And we just got detained for 48 hours. And, you know, like, that was around, like, January, like, the beginning of the second semester. And it was, like, it was terrifying. Like, you, because 90% of people who get detained by the Syrian intelligence or the military, they never come back. Mm. 
So for me, like I came back, like, you know, mm-hmm. for 48 hours, I came back. My mom was like, yeah, you're never going back to school. She was like, I don't really care even if you fail, even mm-hmm. if, like I just want you to be here. And why were you let out after the 48 hours? Uh, because we were underage. So mm-hmm. the like the kind of like the mayor of the city and stuff, they made a deal with the with the like with the with the military because the military used to camp outside like in the border of our area because everyone inside was <laughs> against the military and against the government so they just they they do raids basically mm-hmm. they just like get in get out right away mm-hmm. and they just like siege the whole area so they just always like every time you need to leave you like there's like 10 checkpoints like they always ask you like that's one of the reasons why i moved to jordan so fast forward <laughs> I, I basically stopped going to school and I started studying by myself. And in Syria, like high school, we only have all exams are within less than three weeks. And you get tested for 12 subjects, the entire book for 12 subjects. If you fail two subjects, you need to wait a whole year to do it all over again. So it's really tough. And like to, I wanted to go into architecture and architecture is, it's basically like one, the second or the third highest. Like you need to have like really high grades to get into there. Mm and i like i that was like kind of like my dream since i was like a child so i was like and like you know i like i couldn't even like i had to literally study by myself and my siblings helped me because all of them they were like like my oldest sibling is a pharmacist the second one is an accountant so like one helped me with biology the other helped me with math and physics like (laughs) it was like that it was like the middle ages basically yeah so i kept studying by myself then in june we did the finals that must have been depressing though Oh, it was absolutely depressing. Like, it was, like, it's funny. Like, now I kind of forget about it. Like, I don't really think about it a lot. But, like, we had every day, we had, we were, we had 12 hours uh, electricity cut out. So it was either, like, four and four on, four off, four on, four off, or sometimes 12, 12. At one point during the finals, we went, I think, around, like, nine or 10 days without electricity. So I, you, you study, like, you basically wake up with sunrise because you need to utilize this. Like it was, it was weird for us, but it's, it was fascinating to me how humans just like adapt so mm. fast. Preach. Like you just like, you know, the first day be like, ah, oh, this is like so yeah. annoying. What are we living in the middle ages? Second day be like, ah, third day be like, all right, like all right, time to is, get up. Like it's five thirty. You just gotta live with this you fact just, now. Exactly. What like, else can you do? You can't really complain. And then you can't do nothing about it. So yeah. it's like, you better just like make the best out of it. So mm-hmm. you just like, it was just fascinating how like humans, we just, adjust, we're just like, right. Like animals. We just like adjust to whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we just like our survival instinct, just like, if kick there's in. a will, there's a way. If you have a why, you'll endure anyhow. <laughs> like, I mean, for us here, the worst thing is a snowstorm. You can't go to school. Woo, yay. Like, no school. But you are having to endure this whole new climate in terms of, like, how it's impacted your access to one of the most basic, in the sense, resources yeah. of, like, electricity. Yeah. And you're bypassing that need in order to, like, fulfill your Just educational like, requirements. Yeah. And for us, we're like, well, why the heck would you put in so much effort for, for your school? But you that, that was a dream for you. You didn't let that stop you. Because, like, like, you know, if you let that go, you literally have nothing else to live for. Like, like genuinely, like, it's not a good life. Like, it was not a good life. Like, it's mm. so easy to give up and be like, you know what, kill me. Like, I don't really care. Bomb me right now. I like, it's like, you know, I'm not I, like my, my life quality is not that great. Right. So I don't really care. So it's just like, like the only way you can keep going is just looking forward to something. You need something to look forward to. Yeah. And for me, that was like, I was like, like it was delusional, but I was like, you know what? If I graduate with a good grades and go to architecture school, that's it. My life will be great. Yeah. It's, 
it's the, because there's still the world will still be there like it's not going to change and this is what happened wow. <laughs> like i graduated i went to i got into architectural school like i got good great good grades and like it was like miracle like my family literally genuinely they thought that i would fail like my mom was not expecting me to even like do like have good grades like everyone is like man like like i barely like i was basically it was the te- my teachers were like my siblings and me and my friends we would meet and have like study groups like chemistry study group and this uh, is architectural school while you were in jordan no in syria, in syria that was syria. damascus university wow architectural school like damascus university is basically one of, like it's it's a public university when it's really hard to get in because it's kind of like the oldest university like even in the entire middle east mm-hmm. so it's it was kind of like a big deal you know to get into like damascus university so like that was you know i was like wow dream came true then you know you turn 18 then the military would be like all right now you time to come serve your country <laughs> so it'd be like i'm studying your dream was taken away from you real quick so quick so it's like when you're when like when you're over there and like you can like if you're studying you can ha- like delay your military service year by year mm. but basically what you were doing they just take you basically at a checkpoint you'd be like here i have all the proper papers they'd be like no your papers are fake and they genuinely just take you and like like for me like between our house and my like the faculty of architecture before the war it would be like 10 minutes to drive after the war it would take like an hour an hour and a half because of all the checkpoints like there is literally there would be like 10 checkpoints at every checkpoint there is like a lineup every checkpoint they would search your car check for your ids and stuff so if i have like an 8 a.m class i would literally have to leave around like 6 6 30 just to make it to the 8 a.m class so it was like and like especially for young adults like for like basic people who are like around 18 19 stuff like that it was really brutal like at every checkpoint like no your papers are fake and like you need to like you know it's like i know i swear to god it's not fake or like you know like basically it's constant fear you'd be like i don't every know single like day. every single day just like, to get to class. to class like my mom but every it. single day you went because there was what a promise or a hope of something greater something would be because like i'm like in my head i'm like okay like if i don't have a degree like my life is only gonna get shittier like Mm. like it's you know what i mean like if you don't have the means to survive and for me that was the normal basically like everyone like you know that as you said like you know if you're if my all my siblings went to university they have degrees or like you know they went to like post-grad and stuff like that mm-hmm. so there was no other option for you exactly like i'm not going to be the failure of the family like, <laughs> nothing will stop you exactly no amount of checkpoints like, no amount of fear that's like will stop this man it's not going to happen Jesus. because like it, it cue was... the inspirational music right now <laughs> well what can i do you know i'm just an inspiration <laughs> and yeah like it was just like it like i just like i just never thought about another option and then around like February 2013, like after one semester of school, I just like gave up. Like I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just, it was like, like it was, and especially for my mom, like my brother got detained for the same reason, got detained for like, uh, like I think a couple of days as well. And yeah, like it was like, my mom was like, okay, like I can't live with this. Like every day for her, it's like, like we say goodbye in the morning, she'd have no idea if we're ever gonna come back. So she basically she com- like she convinced me to move to Jordan. She was like, "You're moving to Jordan because my sister lives in Jordan." She was like, "You're moving to Jordan. You're gonna study there." So I had to move to Jordan, and I went to like a private university because I'm an international student. Like so, 
I moved there. I studied architecture as well for like uh, a year. And then our business burned down in Syria. So after is that why your parent, your mom stayed? Yeah, like my my like my family, like my brothers and my mom, like my uncle used to manage our family business. So because my dad was a pharmacist, so we had still had a pharmacy, and like my uncle used to manage it, and like it was a successful business. It like like you know we lived off that business for like thirty years, thirty something years, and then like one day just like one bomb just burned it to burn it to the to the ground. And like we were like, so that basically, my uncle called us and he was like, "All right, so you guys don't have a business anymore, and we don't have any money anymore. So that's effectively make me ha- like basically, it's like, oh, you have to drop out of school because we can't afford a private university. It's it's really expensive. Mm. So I was like, all right, so, <laughs> so wow. you drop, yeah. So yeah, I had to drop out of school. I basically I decided, like it it was, like you know you're devastating. You're nineteen and like you know it's like you got your dream. No, you didn't. Then you move to Germany. Be like, here's your dream. Nah, just kidding. Like it's you know what I mean. Like as mm-hmm. as a yeah, like and I think this song like the like the other song like I lived. Like this is when I started like listening to English music basically. Mm. around that time and like that song just like res because like you know like one of the lines like with it says like with every broken bone i swear i loved so for me i was like you know what this is just a broken bone it's fine like it will heal you will live like it's you just like need to move on like like at one point like i i was like you know what i'm gonna go back to syria and i'm gonna fight the regime they took away my dream like they're ruining everybody's life and i genuinely this is a personal vendetta at this point it was yeah like basically my like i i like i talked to my mom and like my mom was such crying and stuff and i was like no like i was 19 i was like you know what like we need to end this fast and if everyone would be like no i'm not gonna do anything about it it's never gonna end so i was like if if we go back like it's such a naive idea like it's definitely like i'm just a yeah. number if i go back like i would have died in no time and i wouldn't make a difference i would literally just be like forgotten like the thousand people who got forgotten they had good intentions it's not efficient not unfortunately this is not how the world works it's not we don't live in a you know ideal world so mm. and like you know like i just like my brother was like no how about you go to this college it's a community college and i'm mm-hmm. like no like you know i had good grades i don't like mm-hmm. i couldn't go to a community college like what are you talking about like mm-hmm. you know and like it's and the same how about I, how about uh, can we talk about your faith in that moment and like oh <laughs> what was that like because i mean it's very hard to maintain uh some kind of belief right. in a higher order because all these things you were very diligent and being a good student and doing your absolute best enduring the worst of circumstances to uh continue this dream that you have for you and your family meanwhile the world is burning around you your mom is like in shambles crying and uh literally your business your family business is now like devast like distraught devastated it's gone it's destroyed what was was there any faith left in you um in those moments and like i i don't know like, like it was, was it just rage at that point and like i, I don't think like i don't like I, like i think like i learned to be like rational since i was like i was a kid from mm-hmm. like one of my siblings like i always like tried to like mm-hmm. rationalize things mm-hmm. and i knew like i remember like a lot like my other brother he's older than me in two years he basically had sort of like the same problem he was angry at my family he was angry at my mom and my uncle 
it's not their fault like they're not enjoying ruining your life right. no yeah. but for me like i think like from the outside perspective i was just mad at the the world the world i mean it's it's that... it's definitely unfair but like i always looked at like people who had who had it worse like i looked at people who like lost family members like it right. was you know what i mean like i was right. comparing myself to like my cousins mm. some of my cousins like they lost like you know like i lost some cousins like they lost their brothers or like some of my uncles and aunts they lost their sons my friends like i had like few friends from high school we used to be like best friends they died in the war when they were like 18 19 because they had the same idea it's like you know what we're gonna go fight it and like we're gonna end it soon mm. just like i think but like i think faith is just kind of like started fading when the war when the like war started right. like it's like it just doesn't like for me it just doesn't make sense like like it just was interesting you know especially when you have like when you're kind of like a conservative society everyone has to be motivated by a higher power you can't just have a good reason or like a good policy no it's it's always like god told me to do that like <laughs> this is how you manipulate the masses mm-hmm. so everyone was killing everyone by the name of the same god wow so for me i'm like I like i was like a kid and i'm like that, that, like, that doesn't make any sense yeah like you know like the regime was like, no, this is like our holy duty. We need to like kill these people. Mm. And like the opposite would be like, no, he's like, you know, he's so unjust. It's our holy duty to like take him out. And I, like, like I, I understand lots of people had good intentions. Like they weren't just like trying to kill. They are not sociopaths. They don't just want to kill people. But it's like, it's just, it was funny how like people like, use god as a justification like they it's like can't you just have like can't you have just some confidence and like have a good reason like have some rationale behind your decisions instead of just blame it on god mm-hmm. so that was like i think like yeah like when the word like i think when i was 19 or 20 at that point where like i was like yeah this is just like all bogus like mm-hmm. like i still to a certain extent believe in I think this is just like the kid in me because I was a really religious kid by choice. Like my family wasn't that religious, but I was I was a mosque student. Right. Like I I enjoyed the community aspect of it. I was like, I think I think religion to a certain extent gives a, gives people a lot of like good morals and ethics. But that's the thing. All religions preach the exact same. Like there is no religion that tells you to steal or to like rape or to do something bad. Like all re- religions have the same. But yeah, like when you're a kid, you don't know. You'd be like, no, my religion is the best. Like, it's like I respect your religion, but, eh. <laughs> <laughs> but then you like grow up and be like, eh, maybe this is just like a whole. Wow, how could religion be the cause of so many wars, yet at the same time fundamentally bring people together and unite each other, like in good practices at the same time? Like this is so paradoxical. Why? It, it, yeah, yeah. I it's it I, it's absolutely it's, it's 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 bizarre. Like you see how people like when you look how people think it's. And how people use religion, it's it's bizarre. Like, it's so bizarre. Like, it's always like, yeah, like, they, like and it's all interpretations. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, we can read the exact same text. You interpret it one way, I interpret it the other way, and then it's like, now it's wartime. Mm-hmm. Let's kill each other. Like, it's it was a transitional period for me, the least a person can say. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you think it kind of parallels, in a sense, where you are in your life and Situationally, here you're in Lethbridge, Southern Alberta. Uh, there's a, quite a few Christian Mormon communities, um, sects, sects, yeah. um, in Southern Alberta and regions surrounding that. And here, I mean, it's pretty, pretty peaceful. Um, 
being here, having lived here for a couple of years and uh, forgetting all that, not never forgetting, but being far removed from the war now, what is your uh, personal relationship with faith? Is that still kind of curiosity, like what the heck is going on in shambles, uh, paradoxical, uh, trying to justify it all or, um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think, like, it, it was really, it was absolutely interesting to me, like, when I moved here. <laughs> because I, had, I hadn't heard about a lot of, like, like, the christian sects in southern alberta like i had never like we had we have quite a lot of like christians in syria like my mm-hmm. best friend was christian like our neighbors were christian like the catholics you know mm-hmm. the you know the regular like <laughs> the oldest sect of christianity basically mm-hmm. so it's yeah like for me like but like a lot of other sects like they were like very visible you know so for me i was like i had literally like i remember in my second or third month after i moved here i had to like i went down to the used bookstore and i bought a book about mormonism Mm -hmm. because i just wanted to learn more but i was like i'm like what is this like everybody talks about them but like i don't know what they are like i don't know what they believe in and like it's like i think it's interesting because like back in syria like my hometown (laughs) it was really really conservative like super conservative Mm -hmm. And then when I was nine years old, we moved to Damascus, the capital, which is, I mean, it's still in the Western eye. It's still conservative, but it's comparing to my hometown, which was like like a huge shift where like women have more like, like, you know, they have more freedom. They can go out like that. And that was one of the reasons why we moved, because like for my sister, we just wanted like, because like that city, like, it's just like, like, it's so conservative. Like my mom couldn't handle it because mm-hmm. my mom was from a bigger city and she moved there. Like, after she got married to my dad, and then my dad passed away, and we lived there for, like, 10 years after he passed away. But after that, my mom, she was like, I can't. And all my brothers were going away for university. She was like, we can just move there and, like, all live together. And it was like, and when I moved here, I was like, this is, like, my hometown all over again, but on the other end of the spectrum. Wow. Like, you know, my hometown, people get married when they're, like, 17, 18. Yeah. Here, it's very common. (laughs) Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, for me, like, even for my family the west is all one thing like for me till probably mm. till i was like 19 right 20. so there's a whole new scope of con- conservative like different, liberal or exactly in the sense of like openness and uh these different values like that yeah when you ahead. when you don't know something you just paint it in one wide brush right so like for me like probably till i was like 20 i didn't have a lot of like foreign friends then when i was 20 like till i was 22 i had a lot when i was in jordan i had a lot of european friends so i learned more about like european culture Mm-hmm. But for me, like North America was what I see, like Canada and the U.S. is what I see in movies. Mm-hmm. That's that's North America, right? You know, frat parties, that that like you know whatever whatever the movies has, whatever Hollywood like projects. This yeah. is North America. Then you move here, be like, what? Like, no, there is like way more colors. There are different, like every area has like its own special, you know. Mm-hmm. So unique flavors uni- yeah exactly it's everything has culture. like it's everything has like yeah it's it has yeah. like it's unique like fingerprint yes so i'm like like for me it was like it, it was just funny how like it, i just like i was like yeah this is like basically this is my hometown but on the other end of the spectrum like my hometown is like conservative muslim mm-hmm. this is conservative christian and like lots of practices it's exactly the same like about like you know family values uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. lots of like subtle things. You'd be like, oh right. my God, you guys should get together. And it's funny. These people are the people who hate each other the most. You know what I mean? Preach. <laughs> like, like, Preach. You know what I mean? Like conservative yeah. Muslims, you'd be like, oh no, like 
they have like these misconceptions misconce- misconceptions about like north americans and like white people mm-hmm. and then like you come here and you have like these people who's like oh like all muslims and middle easterns are like whatever terrorists or like what whatever and have mis- stereotypes yeah. and misconceptions yeah. and like you guys are very similar you should like hang out more yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and leave us as the normal people to like <laughs> Like yeah. it, it was just it's super fascinating to me. Like there are a whole lot of similarities. Wow. Like how people it's like you know, like yeah, it's it's just really, really interesting. It's so <laughs> crazy. Wow, we, we've been going. I've never talked about religion this much in um, in my previous episodes here on the Eclectic. Uh, what is this show again? The Eclectic. That's right. And that was my guest, uh, Abed, <laughs> our co-host for today. We're talking about like so many life-changing moments, um, and you've expanded quite a bit on on life in Syria during the war, uh, going to Jordan, and then uh, facing a lot of rejection and failures and, and you know, misfortunes before uh, you were kind of given this amazing opportunity uh, simultaneously with two other amazing opportunities to come to Canada. And the two other ones, were they also kind of international scholarships? Yeah. Yeah? One, one of them was, uh, one of them was to Germany. And the other one was to uh, like in Jer- in Jordan, but with the German university. So they were they were yeah. Do I you? just I just wanted to like my two okay. Uh, yeah, like I think I like for me it was just easier to like uh, because I speak English. You don't speak German? I no. I know Ishlibidish. That's all. What was that? I love you. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> You're welcome. Wow, that sounded just like gibberish to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how gibberish could be so romantic <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah i just know like few german words mm-hmm. so and the amount of rejections that you faced and the amount of um challenges that you had to endure it, it's it's amazing and astonishing after dropping out the second time around uh because your family couldn't afford the private university what was the next thing going across your mind as to like why what was the incentive for you what was the what was the thing carrying you through the, the reason why you kept on applying um you applied for the whisk scholarship twice even like the second time around <coughs> was it still the promise of that university will take you somewhere and it did you're here yeah i don't know like i think like yeah one of the reasons i kept applying because i mean what else can you do I mean, there's a lot of things you could you could give up. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing you 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 can give up, and like, we I kind of gave up to a certain like you know what I mean. Like you're applying, where you be like, ah, like what are the chances? You know what I mean. Like Wesk takes around like in the year I came here, they expanded. They used to take around like seventy students from all over the world, not just Syrian students, like seventy refugee students from Africa. From you're talking Kenya, Malawi, South Sudan. All of these countries, Zimbabwe, Somalia, like all of the, like there's there's over 60 million refugees in the world mm-hmm. and they take 70 students. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it's like what are the odds that I'm going to actually get it? And right. like in my year, they expanded it to like 120. 
So it's like, you know what I mean? Like Even still, the odds are slim. It's very, very, very slim. Like, you know, yeah. and it's really like, it's a really, like, it's a well-known program. Like, I know there's thousands of applicants. So it's not an, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I eh, apply. Mm-hmm. Probably. In what way did it. you fail the interview portion the first time around? I was, I think I just was not, I had no idea why I wanted to come here. I had no idea why I wanted to get out. I just wanted to get out. But I had no clear plan. I was still... Like, I was lost in, like, the literal meaning of that word. I was, like, I was studying. I was in college. I was in my second year. Uh, it was the beginning of my second year when I applied. I had the interview, I think, in October 2014. 20- yeah. And I just bombed that interview. Like, mm-hmm. I just, like, they were like, why, why, like, what are your plans? Why do you want to come to Canada? What are you going to do? Where do you see yourself like it, you know what I mean? It's like it's like an hour and a half interview with like one person from Wesk, one person from the Canadian Embassy in Canada, and one person from the, I think it's like the CRCC or something like this, like the Canadian Immigration. So they come from Canada, like with Wesk, to interview the candidates in person. In person. Wow. So like, you know what I mean? Like, That's intimidating. It's, it's 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 scary. You know what I mean? Like it'd be like these people actually have my fate in their hands. And I just like I was like they were, I was like you know what I'm just gonna go to Canada just gonna like be great man like just just mm-hmm. just get me there I love Canada <laughs> I Come love on. Canada <laughs> like I just I had no idea why I wanted to to like yeah. get out of like I just I was like I'm just not happy like I know I have no future here like mm-hmm. Syrians are not even allowed to work in Jordan mm-hmm. so you know what I mean like even if you work you work like illegally they give you less than minimum wage which even the minimum wage it's not even enough to pay like just for food mm-hmm. let alone paying rent like. It's like there's there's no future, mm. so for me I'm like, you know, like it's it's a beautiful country. I'm not like nothing against Jordan. I love Jordan, but like, it's it's genuinely a beautiful country. But like Jordanians have it hard. Like it's a poor country. Right. Let alone you're being an outsider. They're not allowed to work. So it's like, mm. you know. So yeah. for me I'm like I remember like the first like I literally left the interview and I was like yeah I definitely like if I was the in, like the interviewer I wouldn't give it to me. Like, mm-hmm. I sucked so bad, like, in that interview. The next year, I was like, you know what? Like, I was, I kind of, like, matured because I had graduated. I I had started working, like, I would I was working with an NGO, like, as a, like, as a graphic designer mm-hmm. for about, like, eight months. Like, I think I, I matured a lot within mm-hmm. that year. It just became clearer to me what I want to do, why I want to do things. Like, you know what I mean? I just, so, like, in the interview, I was like, you know, like I think I knew, like I like I knew that I killed it when I get, went to that interview. Like I left, and I was like, I got it. I like I th- I like it's funny. Like the English, so like the inter like the process is like you send your documents, then they ask you for an English test, then they ask you if you pass the English test, they ask you for an interview, then they ask you for another interview, then a medical check, then criminal check. Then was, so I remember, like in my English exam, the English exam they had it around like I think June or something. And I did not check my email. So the exam was supposed to be on a Thursday. And for some reason, I decided to check my email on a Wednesday. The day before. The day before. And I was like, I literally was, I was still, uh, I think it was, it was June. It was June or May, something like this. I was still in college at that time. And uh, yeah, I needed like, I just wanted to like, I just checked, like literally I was in class and the class was like, it was about the history of animation. So it wasn't like really interesting. So I, for some reason in the lab, I just decided to like check my email and I opened my email and it was like urgent, was changing dates. And I was like, I opened it and it was like, they changed the date for the exam from Thursday to Wednesday. 
the day of and oh. it was in the exam was going to start in about like 30 minutes oh and my college is outside amman my college is around like amman like the capital of jordan so mm-hmm. my college was like i like it's about 40 minutes bus ride to get to my college just on the airport road wow and the exam was like right next to my house and the exam was going to start in literally like i think 30 or 35 minutes yeah and like i'm in class so i literally like i had to like sprint out of class and like for some reason god make me like that's that's why to a certain extent i have faith there's something out there there was like because if i didn't like if i didn't check my email and i showed up on thursday there wasn't there wasn't be like there wasn't an exam Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be here. That was your chase, that dream moment. Like we're talking, like I remember movie I, scene just running across genuine, the street, hundred like. percent. Like it's it is hundred. <laughs> like even I didn't even have a pen because I like I was uh, like a multimedia student, so everything we do it like on the computer, like on my yeah. laptop. I didn't even have a blue pen to like. So I literally I went to the front, like the receptionist lady at like at my college, and I was like, "Can I just borrow a pen?" Yeah. And I got it. Like I literally got like a cab. Like, it's so expensive. I'm a student. Like, I can't afford a cab. Yeah. <laughs> so like I had like and I took a cab and I think I got there late like 10 or 15 minutes mm-hmm. like everybody had already started riding like it was there was over like probably 300 students in that it was in a church they held wow. the, the test in a church like in a church hall <clears throat> and there was like over 300 students and like I just like I was like sweating and like I literally finished my exam the first one like because I was like I it's on my own I was like you're late like you're running out of time so you need to like the pressure is just, on like, man I remember, yeah. like, I can't, I went. You were home. sweating. You just you gave the paper back with some sweat and blood on there too. A hundred percent. Because I was like, like for me, I was like in my head, I'm like, oh, like you already late fifteen minutes, so like, like you're gonna run out of time. Mm-hmm. It was, and like I remember, I went home and like, like I told my mom, I was like, yeah, this happened today. Like, like everyone was expecting me to like do it tomorrow, mm-hmm. like on Thursday, and I was like, right. now nah, I just did the exam. Oh man. And my mom started crying. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, she was, I was like, I just didn't, I was like, no, like I didn't get it. I barely wrote the exam. I don't know. Maybe I, I might not pass, yeah. you know? Yeah. And she was like. You were like, just on adrenaline. Like you don't even remember what just happened. You just woke up from a dream and you just. Genuinely. Like, yeah. Like it was, it, it was like surreal. Mm-hmm. Like she was, I'm like, did, did this just happen? Or like, am I like, am I dreaming? But I remember like my mom said like, like she was like, like God make you do this. So yeah. like God wouldn't like like God, like God is you know like He wouldn't disappoint you like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like after mm-hmm. all of this yeah. and then like He'd be like ah no you didn't get it so mm-hmm. like for me like like my family my mom was like yeah you're good. like you're moving like she kept talking you about did the like, best that you could and yeah. she's like you're moving like she started talking to me like I'm moving to Canada wow. and I try I was trying to like keep my expectations like low you know and I'm like nah, mm-hmm. nah maybe not mm-hmm. and then like in in August I got a phone call. I was at work and like I missed the phone. I missed like I missed I think six phone calls from the IOM, like the International Organization for Migration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally missed six phone calls and I had my brother's phone number mm-hmm. as like an alternative phone number. So they called him mm-hmm. and he called me. He was sh- screaming at me. Yeah, he was like, "You missed like phone calls. You got it. Like you're moving <laughs> to Canada." And I'm like, "What? What?" He was like, "Yeah, your flight in three weeks. Oh my Because they book goodness. your flight. You don't book it." Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" Like I'm at work and I started like, yeah. crying there. <laughs> just yeah <laughs> i literally like my coworker just like came and hugged me and i'm like i was bowling i'm like what like you know like i, I looked at my phone and there's like six missed calls from like iom and like my brother was like you dumbass <laughs> <laughs> like you're That's expecting so this funny and, like, it only was, your brother would be so happy for you I calling know. you a dumbass, a dumbass yeah like i was like pick up like call them again to get more information and like the details yeah. they like they didn't give him all the details yeah but he was like yeah and i'm like what like 
So I called like, and I genuinely for like a little bit, like I thought it was like like a mean joke, like oh, from him. But then right. I was like, it, like it just I was like I was like, nah, like What? this can't be real. This can't be real. Like yeah. this can't this can't yeah. happen. Yeah. And yeah, basically they called me and like literally they were like it was August second and they were like your flight is in August twenty second, so they gave me twenty days. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was. <laughs> Like that day was absolutely like Nuts. I still remember like every single detail of that day because, like I remember I left and I was like like I was crying and I took a cab. Your to world go. just changed. Just like I'm like uh, like it it was so funny like that moment I started looking at everything so differently because like I remember I left my office and I was like going down and I literally was looking there was like palm trees like you know the divider between the mm -hmm. like two ways. You're like oh my gosh and I was like okay. everything is so beautiful. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like a year before I was like I hate this country I want to get out of here then now I'm like oh look at the caps look at the trees look at the <laughs> like it was it was just like interesting how like like everything just became like you're living it but everything becomes like instantly like a memory beautiful moment where life changed for you everything went from a daze to like vibrant color exactly like yeah. you went from like SD to 4 HD triple ultra <laughs> like HD 4K 4K ultra <laughs> Yeah, like it was, it was just, it was surreal. Like I, like it's funny. Like I was literally like living everything, but like looking at it as like, oh, it's already a memory. Like you know, I was like I went with my sister and my niece to the mall to like buy some stuff, and like, in your like mind. I start, I started literally like videotaping everything, <laughs> like genuinely. Like I, I, I video, like I still have the video. I actually videotaped my like cab ride to my house because I was like, oh, I'm gonna miss these streets. Everything like, is like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, because like, I, like, you it's know. for the last time. For like, it's gonna, it's gonna be like three, it's four be years. Done soon, yeah. yeah. And it's, for me, like it was, I like, I, I think I expected it, but when it's reality, I'm like, you know, I just like, I have no idea where I'm going. I got the admission to the University of Lethbridge in May. So I knew that if I get accepted through the immigration process, I'm going to Lethbridge, but I wasn't sure. So in May, like I Googled Lethbridge. I literally couldn't find enough information there. I don't know, because like I think Google was confused. It was like, why are you why Googling Lethbridge? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I genuinely couldn't. Like I've going back to your story, okay. Yeah. Uh when was the last time you cried? Was that the you said that maybe this is me putting words into your mouth, but <laughs> I would imagine myself to be crying in that moment when I received that good news. Uh, I, I definitely was crying, but that's definitely not the last time I cried. Okay. That was over three years ago. Come yeah. on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Okay. I'm a human. Tell man. me about the last time. Was it recently? Oh, the last time I cried. The second question Has there been any other uh, major things in your life that would compare to that moment? Um, I don't think I don't think anything compares to that. Like that moment, literally, my life changed. Like I don't think I will forget. Like, like I know it might sound like an, an exaggeration, but like it is true. Like I had, like, it's a lot, it's once in a lifetime opportunity for me. Like lots of people live like spend years and years trying to like move and get a scholarship and like you know study what they like and you know what i mean mm -hmm. like just move on with their lives mm -hmm. and like they can't like can we just take a moment right here to feel grateful for the lives that you have right now you inconsiderate <laughs> um could you just like acknowledge that there are millions in, in so many people out there that would love to have the life that you live even in the simplest way even if all you have to worry about is school and that you're not satisfied with uh studying something that you don't want to be studying but dude the like freedoms that you have don't take it for granted okay yeah, cool that's true that's what my mom would say anyway so <laughs> yeah i'm just i've been conditioned uh, at this point yeah it was yeah it's like 
like yeah like i don't think anything compares to that moment i like i i don't cry a lot but yeah so well segment time this is a segment what i like to call and i totally stole this from another show but yeah when you figure out the show you let me know because a lot of shows have uh, a different spin on this it's called kind of like take me there take me to a spot and i have this uh quote from you um on your on your facebook that you made i thought it was really funny and i think you're a great writer and it makes sense that you work in communications um and this is when you're celebrating 10 a thousand and ten days of being in canada (laughs) Uh, very poetic. So I don't know why. Why did you choose to 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 mark that day, one thousand and ten days? I don't know. It was just weird. Canada. Like I was. I don't know. Like I just like, I literally randomly. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna check how like how long have have I been here, and like it was like thousand. I was like, wow, that that looks nice. So like I'm just gonna make it like in a thousand and ten days, and two thousand and twenty days, three thousand and thirty days. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so we should be expecting a 2010 I mean, I was days. Just like, yeah, just wait like another 900 days probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. I'm counting the days right now. On that day, you said, um, I thought that the hard part is done and life is going to be a, a sun, all sunshine and rainbows. But surprise, surprise, there weren't many rainbows. There's a lot of snow though, like a lot. <laughs> so that was your first go at this whole winter thing. Oh, yeah. What it was... Oh, it was brutal. Like, like this is something I can't, like, I couldn't, like, I remember when I was, like, after I knew that I'm moving here and stuff, a friend of mine, she, like, her brother lives in Canada, so she visits a lot. She's Jordanian, and she visits Canada a lot. Like, I think her brother is in Toronto or something. So for me, I'm like, hey, just tell me, what is it like? Like, what am, what am I supposed to prepare? Like, what am I, should I, like, go shopping? Mm-hmm. Should I, and she was should like. Should I buy khakis, shorts? Like, I don't know. Like, what are they into? Like, <laughs> And I was like, especially like the weather, because you hear like Canada, it's like, you know, it's crazy cold. And she was like, nah, she was like, is it all igloos? She was like, don't bother. Like, don't bother buying like jackets and stuff from Jordan. Because she was like, they're not going to work there. And I'm like, I was like, what? Like, just tell me more. She was like, no, no. She was like, you need to experience it to know what it feels (laughs) to be like in minus 30. Yeah. Or minus, you know, minus 35 or something. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so... Like for me moving here, like I like it this is like absolutely like it's ridiculous. Like No like minus forty, like this isn't even the worst of it. I my know, dude. I know. Like, like had you lived up north, I know. you would have died. That's like the warm part of Canada. Yeah. Like it's like you know what I mean? Like how like it for me it was like now I kinda got used to it. Like it's fine. Yeah. But like You know what's so funny is considering the beginning of our this this show, we're talking about how ad- adaptable we are as humankinds <laughs> and like you've endured all this thing and you're like, but how do you how do you fathom how do you live with this cold? I'm like, this is just another day it's for just, me. It's just, like that's the thing. Like it's funny, like now, like with Wusk, so we just got like the new students and I was talking to him and like yesterday we went shopping. And man, he was like, man, it's cold. And yesterday, the weather was nice. It was nice. It was yeah. a little bit windy. So I was like, I just had literally like, like a right. t-shirt and like a shirt over and stuff. And this yeah. dude was at like a jacket. And he was like, it's cold. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my dude. Like, you just, <laughs> you don't know. Like, he, he had just moved here like a month ago. Right. From Malawi. Okay. So he has like, yeah. and he was like, this is so fucking cold. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. I was mm. like, just wait for it. Like, you learn. <laughs> I know. Learn. And it's like, like, it's funny. Like in my first semester, I was talking to my uncle. He's back in Syria. Mm-hmm. And he was like, how is the weather there? And I was like, oh, today it's nice. It was just minus 10 and sunny, not windy. So it's nice. Like, you know, when it's November and you have that, 
Mm-hmm. It's it's a you look forward to a a, a good middle portion of exactly. the day where yeah. it's warm. where it's kind of warm. So I was yeah. like I was like no, it's not bad. Like it's minus ten. He was like minus ten, and like in my head I'm like nah, it's like it's fine. It's not that bad. And I was like I was like yeah, like I was like it like I walked outside when it was like minus thirty five, and it's so like you know it's not. And like he just he was like what what are they yeah like how can they survive yeah because for him he's like his freezer is not that cold you yeah. know what <laughs> <laughs> and they put meat in there. <laughs> Right, right. You know what I mean? Like he was like, so he's like, looking up to you like a god. Like, I know he was like, how could you survive this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. It's, but I mean, like people adapt and just like you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. You're an amazing man. And lastly, I want to talk about Giron Fifty Five. And I know the business is is closed now because yeah. uh, you started off with some business partners, and yeah. uh, those people have moved on. Yes. One of them is in Calgary now. Yeah, um, doing his postgraduate degree. Uh, no, actually, like one of uh, so we were three of us. One of us is still, I'm still a student. The other one, like, basically, like, after, like, we launched the business and stuff, she got into her education degree. So, uh, so like, she just didn't have the time. And, uh, like, the our third partner was supposed to, like, uh, like manage it. And he successfully managed the business for, like, mm-hmm. over a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he just, uh, like, he just got a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, you know, and, like, yeah. it's, it's only fair. And his hometown is Calgary? What's that? His home, he's like his family's from Calgary. So he just right. like. It only makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So like it just, it, it's sad to see mm-hmm. it like, you know, closing down and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just like about time. And like, you know, for me, it was like the trade off was like, I don't have like, you know, I, you know, like it's a business to manage. It's mm-hmm. not like you can't do it part time. You can't do it like five hours a week. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know, so it mm-hmm. was like for me, I was like, mm, like I, I'm not dropping out of school to like, <laughs> like you know, like yeah. I think it was, like for me, it wasn't like it wasn't the goal wasn't like to make money, it was just like I think somebody had to do it, and I hope that it just like showed people that hey, it worked. Yeah, there's a you lot gave of thing- a lot of people opportunities. So I think, and I think like it's just like for people who's like looking to do business, like people who are looking for opportunities. It works. It worked. And there there are people, like there's tons of people who are interested. Like this is how we this is how we kicked off the business. Like I'm a student, I don't have money. Like we did a crowdfunding campaign, we raised sixteen thousand dollars. Ninety percent of the funds came from Lethbridge. So it's like and in 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 a month we raised that. Wow. So it's you know what I mean? Like people wouldn't have contributed to the campaign if they didn't believe in that cause and if they didn't believe in our story. And I think like I just hope hope that somebody with more time more resources could be like you know what there's an opportunity and this is a demographic of this community that needs support and they have something to contribute you're not giving charity you're giving them jobs and they you know they are delivering quality products and like they're delivering an experience an authentic experience that's true so i think it's like i genuinely like this is my hope i just hope it's like oh like we're students we did it like you know we we did the best we could and I hope somebody with more resources, more experience, more time would be take the same mission on and just like, you know, have some sort of like sustainable outlet because I think it just it was some sort of like a prototype. It's like, hey, hey, it works. Yeah. How about you do it now with, you know, more money and more resources and stuff. So, yeah, I just like this is my my hope. <laughs> It was an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, you I, did amazing. You did great. I appreciate it. Yeah. 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 It was it was it was like it was one hell of a journey like it, like we started genuinely we it started like from a conversation at our at my living room because I I had worked at uh, Lethbridge Family Services 
like my business partner Amar, he was like he in his last semester here was doing an internship with a consulting company, and they were doing like consulting for a new program for LFS as well. So they were doing like more like research and like how how to del- to del- to deliver like their services to like their clients efficiently and what are the demographics that needs more help. So it was more like research based, and we were just talking about like the challenges that newcomers face here. Mm. Like it was like we have tons of these conversations, you know. Like it it never like right. made a business. Mm-hmm. It was just like a conversation about like social issues in the community. Mm. And like one of the things like I've noticed from my work and stuff, like when I worked with LFS, like most men, most newcomer men, like they find jobs and like like hundred percent of the newcomer men I know, all of them work. Mm. Like lots of them already bought houses. Wow. Like you know what I mean? They, this is their new home. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like lots of them, they have mortgages now. They settle down. They have full time jobs. Like, mm-hmm. but most women don't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was because if you're a man. You know, like if most women wear headscarves as an employer, unfortunately, you don't want that mm-hmm. because some some of your clients would be turned away of because of that. Because at the end of the day, we live in a conservative. This is just like people's perception. I don't think it's good or bad. Like, yeah. I think it's just people just need to like be exposed to different play. Different I think people ideas. need to be more open. Yeah. To a certain extent. But like, Definitely. you know what I mean? It just takes time. Right. Like, you know wait 10 years it's going to be normalized mm-hmm. like this is all new you know what i mean all these newcomers they only started moving like what five years ago like in 2014 so it's you know what i mean like so one of the things like i've noticed was like mo- most women don't work like they can't find jobs so i was like all right like w- one thing we can bring people together like you know like food like that like for me like one of the things like i couldn't find good middle eastern food here mm-hmm. like it's just like you know sometimes you just want like a good shawarma wrap, a good falafel wrap for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And it's just garbage. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I shouldn't say that. But like, you know, what I mean? it's mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. not. Like, I can name you all three places. I know, exactly. That, that offer shawarma. <laughs> and it's not shawarma. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's chicken pieces. Like, mm-hmm. like and it, you know, like, it was like, for me, I was like, you know what? Like, this is, this might be it. This might be the opportunity. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of sexist that women are cooking. <laughs> And like one of the things like I was like, do I want to support this? Right. Like even like emphasize on this, like, oh, you're a woman and you go cook in the kitchen. But like that was the thing they were passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when we did like little research for like months, we were like talking to Syria, like uh, like members of the Syrian community here. And we like, what, like, you know, do you like cooking? Like we just we didn't want to just like ask women to cook. We wanted to actually get people who are passionate about this, who actually wants to do this. Mm-hmm. So we got like, like we had like a couple of women who they were interested in. They were like really like phenomenal cooks, like genuinely like better than my mom. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it was like, I was like, damn, like you guys are good. Mm-hmm. So we started just doing like community events here and there, mm-hmm. just like giving people food for free just to like. Yeah, I remember cook. seeing you guys several times at the farmer's market. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we were there just like, you know, just telling people about it. it's like hey what do you think of this this yeah. is what we're trying to do like and it was all like like i was a student amar was still uh like i think it was his last semester so we were like like on saturdays like you barely you wait for the weekend then on saturdays you have to wake up at like around like 5 30 we'd wake up 5 30 in the morning and just like go like we had prepared the food the night before like with our cooks and stuff we just take it to the kitchen cook it and stuff package it so we package it fresh like everything has to be cooked before like seven thirty, 
go to the farmer's market like you know in october and november like it's already like super cold like it's not fun mm-hmm. and then you know what i mean like but we just wanted to like see people's interest then like when there was a lot of people like we had i mean people always will tell you it's like you're doing you have a great idea and like you're doing a great job because like this is like the dilemma of like canadians it's like they are too, too nice. nice it's like dude just give me criticize me right like if you always tell me that i'm doing a great job i will never improve yeah so like everybody was like oh like you guys are this so amazing and like they were super nice yeah. but like we did like focus groups and stuff like just to get like real <laughs> feedback mm-hmm. you know and like mm-hmm. we were selling out like every single weekend for like over like two months like mm-hmm. every single weekend like even we like the first week we were like we went with like really small amounts because like we don't know like people would be like oh what the hell is that but like we were like we just tell people about it and like we give them a sample it's like oh give me five of these like it was like every weekend we were there selling out so we were like your product is amazing this food spoke e- for itself exactly so we were like you know we're we're delivering a good product with a great story that mm-hmm. was like kind of like our motto it's like it's not you're not just get like getting a good product no you're getting a good product with a great story and yeah we did a crowdfunding campaign we like we raised sixteen thousand dollars we employed uh like Ola was like our cook was like almost full-time we like we had like we had her as a contractor and like Amar was managing the business we had another lady who used to help her like you know and if we have like a lot of orders and stuff and I think it was like you know it was a good it was a good run like I'm I'm proud of it like yeah <laughs> like it was you know what I mean like it was it was a huge learning experience on a personal like you know just how to like running a business is not an easy thing you can't do it like not too many students could say that they've run a business can say that they've uh, given people opportunities to uh, contribute to such a such an amazing cause. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you worked with Johnny Bean, too. Yeah, we did. So for the last, I think, four months, we became like regulars at Johnny Bean every Thursday. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it was growing like Johnny Bean. And for, yeah, unfortunately, it was uh, like it was going to be to become like a regular. So we we started just like as, oh, like it's a special event for like, I think a month or two. Then after that, we were like, oh, it's a regular every Thursday. And we had like, we had a, like, there was like quite a few people who like, this became like their Thursday lunch special. Like mm-hmm. people, especially people who work on the North side, like in high schools and stuff. And like, band, like you know, in the businesses around, around Johnny B, that was their like. They would wait for Thursdays. That, like, was, that, Thursday that, was, that was their Thursdays. Like, yeah. you don't need to cook now. Yeah. You don't need to meal prep. This Thursday, you can have some sort of, like, a different taste, like a different kind of dish. You know, you can have, like, some actually good hummus, mm-hmm. not frozen one. You know what I mean? Like, fresh yeah. hummus that was cooked, like, an hour ago. Yeah. So it was, like, it was, yeah, like, it's unfortunate. But I think it was every story has, like, you know time to end so, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and your story is nowhere near the end my friend i <laughs> hope there's so many more years i hope so too of amazingness in your future i hear it i can smell it i'm with <laughs> you right now i'm witness to it what is next for you oh uh, if you have an idea i hate that question myself <laughs> you know I, especially as a student is like so yeah you gonna do? i yeah. genuinely don't know like i think architecture is still on my mind and it's in my heart <laughs> like i know that i want to do this just like you know it just ignites something every time like i talk about architecture just like something like flares down there <laughs> mm-hmm. and hopefully not heartburn uh, no no yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's yeah i think it's i don't know like i like i just you know like f- four years ago i never thought that i would be here talking to you mm-hmm. so 
I just like I think I like to plan for the future, but at the same time leave room for flexibility because you don't know what life throws you like on the way. Like it's just like life is full of opportunities. Like like I might be doing something I don't even know what it is. Maybe I had never heard of it. So like mm-hmm. I like what I'm doing now. I just like I enjoy like you know what I study and like what I would like my work and stuff. So yeah, just you know keep it. <laughs> keep it flexible and see like you know seize whatever opportunity you have on the way mm-hmm. amazing <laughs> i love it thank you so much for gracing us with your amazing presence and uh i'm so glad that you are here today um and a lot of people would say it was luck the, i mean the epitome of winning a lottery but also it happened to a person that had endured quite a few many challenges before that and the hard work that you that you that you showed and you persevered uh in fact doesn't matter how much lack of resources that you have no electricity no problem i'm gonna write that exam regardless and ace it um so yeah man congratulations and also and also where do people reach out to you let's say if in case somebody was inspired uh by the amazing success of gran 55 and wanted to maybe take that to the next level, continue it. Uh, where do they find you? Where do people find you if they want to reach out to you and tell you how much they've enjoyed this episode? Oh. Uh, uh, you could reach me on my email. It's Abdul- email or Facebook. No, I'll do email. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean like email or fa- <laughs> like my Facebook is Abed Maher. It's A B E D. Uh, my and my dad's name M A H E R. And my email is abdullah.musuli. So, like, just at ulf.ca. So, you can just, like, put it in the university directory or abdullah.musuli at uh, gmail.com. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Well, it was really nice uh, talking to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, yeah, it was really good. First radio <laughs> experience. Oh, it's, yeah. It, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. So, thank you for making, like, a really, really good first impression for me on, like, you know, the radio life. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. a glorious life yeah. <laughs> it's really just getting to know people yeah yeah no, it's yeah it's amazing mm-hmm. i leave you with a song by miss bailey kate she is a musician uh who's been living in lethbridge uh and who performed at fresh fest 2019 here at the university of lethbridge she's an amazing artist with an amazing voice very talented what more do i have to say the song is called easy steps and she'll also be the next guest on The Eclectic. So if you like her song, you'll get to know more about Bailey Kate.
talking